the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. In today's world, there is much confusion as to what defines family, and Satan is determined to keep it that way. The good news is that the children of God have victory because we know that the family, as designed by God, will not be destroyed. As the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, stand firm, set the spiritual tone, and be the role model for your families to the glory of God, thereby establishing legacies for your future generations. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander encourages us. Have your Bibles be so kind enough as to turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. The book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. We're continuing a series that began on um, uh, second Sunday in February, and we're now in uh, part three of this message. Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and three. And there you'll find these words. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And from that particular passage of Scripture, my subject is pursuing peace. In the midst of family conflict, pursuing peace in the midst of family conflict. Conflict is inevitable in all of our lives, and uh, it's not going anywhere. We've had conflict. Perhaps some of you are engaged in conflict as we speak. And if you're not in conflict, brace yourself because conflict is sure to come. It's not pleasant, but it's just the reality of life. In that verse, Ephesians 4, 1, 2, and 3, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Paul, speaking to the church of Ephesus, is incarcerated. He's in prison, and he views himself with a spiritual perspective, saying, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. He's not down on himself. He's not upset because of his circumstances, because of the gospel. Then he says in that verse, beseech you. Beseech means to urge, to beg. I urge you. I beg you. I plea with you, says the text, to walk. To walk is how you live your life. To walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. In other words, because I have saved you, I have sanctified you, I have set you apart, uh, because I have chosen you for myself, I expect you to live up to your position in Christ. How? Verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness. When you speak of lowliness, you're speaking of humility. 
And uh, marriages can't be the marriages that God is calling it to be without humility, lowliness, gentleness, graciousness, and kindness with long suffering. In other words, bearing with one another. Love is patient, bearing with one another in love. This love is an agape love. It is a Christ-centered love. Agape love is a selfless, sacrificial love because of who we are in Christ. Then the text says in Ephesians 4, 3, endeavoring. In other words, I'm eager, I'm enthusiastic to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. When you are living in the power in the power of the spirit, when you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you are determined to live in peace, to be agents of peace. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. You see, first Peter five, eight says, be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, which means enemy, the devil, the devil is real. And if you don't believe there's a devil, you've been duped big time. He walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan hates you. He hates your husband. He hates, he hates your wife. He hates your children, your grandchildren. He hates the family. He hates God. He hates everything and everyone that represents God. And Revelation 12, 12 says, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea. The devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Even the devil knows his time is short. And so he is very busy. Can y'all see the work of Satan in this world system? Can you see him at work? And he is desperate because he knows his time is short. And so we're going to take up what we left off in this series, Pursuing Peace in the Midst of Family Conflict. Uh, I want to give you, continue with the guidelines for resolving marital conflict. How many of you are married, first of all? Okay. How many of you all desire to be married if you're not married? Okay, so so this this is all helpful, and uh, hopefully it will help. You say, well, I'm not married. I don't desire to marry. Well, I'll tell you what, there are principles in here that will help you with conflict on your job, conflict in the neighborhood, conflict in the church, and wherever else you might find conflict. Guidelines for resolving conflict. Number one, particularly in marriage, examine your motives when there's a fight or spat or argument, or whatever you're having, examine your motive. An impure motive is one of the primary reasons for conflict. The scripture says in Proverbs 16, 2, people may be pure in their own eyes, but that's their eyes. But the Lord examines their motives. And most conflicts happen, if you look underneath, there's a motive that's not right. And what we need to do is have God to purify our motives, purge our motives so that we can have harmony and not discord. Husbands, say what you want. That was kind of weak. Husbands. Okay. Wives said it. You said what you say it again. I want to tell you husbands and wives something. You listen to me closely. Hidden agendas, schemes and lies are a breeding ground for Satan to do his best work in your marriage. 
Your marriage can ill afford to have schemes, plotting, planning, manipulation. Uh, the worst thing you can do, husband or wife, is to lie to your spouse. Because if, if you lie, if they catch you in one lie, then they, say, then they begin to ask, well, how many lies have you been telling? And uh, so the spirit of lying has no place in the context of the marriage. Marriage must be built on trust. And hidden agendas and schemes and lies about money and all these things and, and purchases and doing, saying one thing and doing another is, is Satan's best tool to work against marriage. Unity and peace cannot come apart from transparency. In marital relationship, even with the children, to teach your children to be transparent. You know, not having hidden agenda, uh, not having a life of secrecy. You know, you, you have to be trustworthy. And if you can't be trustworthy, then you really don't have the marriage that God is calling you to have. Your marriage must be based on honesty. Honesty. You, you're going to be honest uh, to your spouse, whether you are in the house or whether you are out of town in some hotel away. You're going to be just as honest as if your spouse was in that room with you. You're going to be a man, a woman, a child, a neighbor, a co-worker, whatever. You're going to be a person of integrity. Say integrity. Integrity is what you are when nobody's looking. But even when nobody's looking, there is a God who is looking and he sees all things. He is an all-seeing God and nothing goes unnoticed. You know how people can do some of the damnable things that they do is because they forget the fact that God is looking. If you realize God was looking, you get out that hotel room with that person's not your spouse and say, oh, God is looking at me and you get yourself straight real quick and run out of there. Amen. But we forget that God is looking. So we kind of do what we want to do. And that can be disastrous. Number two, another guideline uh, when you're having conflict With anybody, particularly in marriage, go to the Bible and see what it says concerning the issue and let it be the final authority. The book has to stop somewhere. And in this case, it stops with the word of God. The word of God is the life book. The word of God. This book is the direction book. This book is the divine compass. Uh, This book, it helps us to work out issues that are prevailing in our marital relationships. So go to the Bible. You know, don't go to the psychic. Psychics, uh, psychics uh, has no place. That's witchcraft. Don't go to psychics. Save your money. Give it to God. Give it to God. Psychics are liars. They are deceitful and they are greedy. That's right. A true prophet doesn't charge you to tell about your life. It was a, a story some time ago about this psychic that was in the store. And so the person was telling the future on people's lives. And so uh, the person came up and said, well, well, uh, where's the sugar? You know, the sugar. Uh, and so the, the psychic said, I don't know. He said, well, how, how come you know so much about people's lives and you can't tell me where the sugar is? <laughs> And so with that being said, 
uh, you don't have to go to psychics and all of uh, the occultic type of things that's so pervasive now and all these things. And people are carried away with Harry Potter and all this stuff. Listen, we're to leave all that stuff alone according to scripture. We are to rest our hope and anchor ourselves in the authority of the word of God. And the word of God must be the final authority in our lives. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out to your own understanding. And see what happened when your understanding, your understanding can get in the way of the word of God. As a matter of fact, if you get, in the, if you get into the word, God will, he, he will illuminate you, your minds, and he will give you insight and wisdom that goes beyond human understanding. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In everything, even in the midst of a conflict, God, what are you saying to us in this disagreement? Well, God, what do you want to teach us about ourselves as well as about you? And when you begin to ask those kinds of questions and you're serious about it, God begins to speak like only he can speak. And he begins to bring harmony and unity in that relationship as you give over to the word of God. Number three, guidelines for marital conflicts. Don't let your pride get in the way. Don't let your pride get in the way. Proverbs 16, 18 says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know what kills marriages is pride. You can't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. Shut up. Be quiet. Uh, I'm, I, I, I'm the head. I, no, no, no. I mean, the, the, the wife don't have a voice or the husband don't have a voice because one or the other is domineering and, and pride goes before destruction, a haughty puffed up spirit before a fall. Pride starts with the what? P. And if you deal with the big P in pride, your marriage can be sustained. But if you don't deal with the big P in pride, you're going to lead to the big D in divorce. Okay? Okay? Much P in pride. Pride, pride leads to separation and divorce. But when you humble yourself and exalt God, then there's unity. But when you deal with yourself and realize that you have to confront the issue of yourself, then you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble and separation and divorce. Why is it we say we know the Bible and we have the God who has saved us and we have a God who is so much powerful and yet we find ourselves divorcing at the rate of the world? Now, if God is that powerful, he ought to have enough powerful to keep enough power to keep you saved. So the issue is not the power of God. It's the issue is the work of God in your life and applying the word so that you can see growth and maturity so that you can conform and deal with pride. Number four, refuse to keep putting fuel on the fire. If there's a fight brewing or there's a fight happening, the worst thing you can do is keep putting logs on it. Once you've spoken the truth in love, leave it alone. Say it, say it with me. Leave it alone. Okay, then be patient. Then be quiet. That's so hard. Oh, I got to say something else too. And I got, uh-uh, I ain't through with this yet. You did this before. No, be hush. Shh. Hush. Be quiet. Trust God and give him room to work. God will work if you just Learn to speak up in love, leave it alone, be patient, be quiet, 
Trust God. And some of you can't be quiet because you don't trust God because you think you know what you're doing and you make a bigger mess. You can't fix your husband and you can't fix your you can't you can't fix your what you can't fix yourself without God. Hey, man, you don't know what you're doing. You need God help to work on you. If you could fix yourself, you wouldn't need God. Huh? So refuse to keep putting fuel on the fire in relationships. Be mindful of this. Be careful with whom you associate and receive your counsel. That's very, very critical. Psalms 1-1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Be careful with whom you associate and receive your counsel. Even with the best of intentions, bad counsel is still bad counsel. And a lot of folk have sent people down skid row because they gave counsel that was not of God. Counsel that is not of God. Even uh, Job's wife told him to curse God and die. Your bad counsel can come from your wife. It can come from your husband. It can come from your child. It can come from a person you love and respect. You had better learn to adhere to the word of God. And when you need counseling, make sure you are discreet and discerning as to who you share your issues with. You, the worst thing you can do is share it with a gossip. Uh, somebody that's spiritually mature and all your business is in the street. Yeah, man, you don't need 15 folk to know your business. You're setting yourself up for some heartbreak. Be discreet and watch who you share your personal issues with. Uh, number six, listen, give wise spiritual answers. Giving wise spiritual answers will diffuse the issue. When you are in a conflict, when you're in a fight, a spat, a disagreement, or whatever you want to call it, you need to ask God to give you wise spiritual answers in the heat of the moment. That begins to calm the atmosphere. It begins to bring down the temperature. And and the more word in you, the better off you can deal with the conflict. Proverbs 5.1 says, my son Pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. The Bible is a book that will counsel you. As a matter of fact, do you realize the word of God is therapeutic? If you take these principles and write them down and live by them, your marriage and your relationship with your children, your siblings, on your neighborhood, or or on your job, at the church, uh, a lot of things will be resolved if we just take and apply and execute what we live out. What we live out. Proverbs 29, 8 says, mockers can get a whole town agitated, but the wise will calm anger. And you know what? When you see something brewing in your house, or you see the temperature rising and you see the heat rising, if you can speak a word in wisdom from God in such a way at the right time that will diffuse the air and the the environment and the ambiance and, and bring a sense of harmony and unity because of your gracious word tempered by the Holy Spirit from the word of God. It's not just how you, what you say, it's also how you say what you say. Amen? So giving wise spiritual answers uh, is, is so critical. Number seven, 
If you lose an argument, how many of you lost some arguments? If you lost some arguments, some of y'all never lost an argument. That's pride. Uh, If you lose an argument or if a decision does not go in your favor, concede graciously. No one to give in. So, no, no. Hold it. Be quiet. Calm yourself down. If you're wrong, you're just wrong. Concede graciously. If need be, be willing to say, I was wrong, honey, or I'm so sorry. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. If you're right, and if you win the argument, be humble and then be sensitive. Never say, I told you so, or the next time you listen to me, and don't wash the person's face with it who lost the argument. Don't beat them up, because the next time, chances are high that you're going to be wrong, and you don't want to be treated that way. So you love a person when they're right, and you love them when they're wrong, because you realize you are soulmates, and God is in the process of making you best friends. You realize you are, God, you ought to be best friends. To the, no, not best fighters. Best friends. Best friends. Number eight, once you've settled your differences, write down what you have agreed upon and sign it. Put your name on it. Sign it. Don't print. Sign. This will help avoid confusion or misunderstanding later. You ever had, you know, you agreed on something, and, uh, and, but you forgot what you agreed about, and then the person said, but you said, you said, but I didn't say that. You said, yes, you did. Don't, don't look at my face and say, you didn't say that. I heard you say that. You know you said that. Now you go tell me you didn't say that. Ha, 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 you sure got a sharp memory. Wait a minute. Write it down and sign it, and then pull it out, baby, here. Read this. Let's, let's read this. Okay. Now, all right. Whose signature is this right here? You see? And you say, honey, you're right. We did. We talked about it. And uh, so, you know, it clears the air. Write it down. People have short memories. And all the pressures of society, all the anxiety, and if something happened two years ago, you forget who said what, and you're fighting up and down that you, you didn't say that. And when perhaps you really did say it, but you just don't remember that you said it. And that's why it's good to write things down and then sign it, sign off on it. And that helps the devil not get in that issue again. Are y'all listening to me? I'm trying to help you. Now, if you go to the doctor, he give you a prescription, you take it and you go buy it so that healing would come. If you take this and apply this to your life, healing will come in your relationships to the glory of God. Another critical thing we must consider is this. Don't lose your Christian testimony in the midst of conflict. Don't lose your Christian testimony in the midst of conflict. How you behave may become more significant than the issue itself. How you behave and how you act can be greater than the issue. Yelling and cussing and fighting and pushing and slapping. Man, I I don't know how it feels to be slapped. I have a virgin face. I do. I have a virgin face. My wife doesn't know how I feel. She doesn't know how I feel to be slapped. Uh, I have a virgin face. 
And uh, I, I pray it stays that way. And then, and, and y'all need virgin faces out there. Girl, you don't have no, why you don't have no business slapping your husband's face? A wife slapping up, pow, wait a minute. And sometimes you get pow back. You know, and so you got to be careful. Some of these men will hit you back. And uh, if, if my wife were to strike me, I would never hit her back. But we don't have that kind of relationship. And we just don't have it. And, uh, and we can have some intense discussions. But you know what? We talk. I talk like this. I said, well, you know, I don't think I like that. You know, and then she, I said, well, no, no, no. I was, why did you say that? You shouldn't. Why did you say that? You shouldn't have said, now, darling, you should not have said that. That wasn't good. That wasn't good at all. And uh, you say, you, y'all talk, yeah, we don't raise our, I've never yelled at my wife. I've never, I've never cussed my wife. I've never pushed my wife. And I've never intimidated my wife. There's no, that's why we have been married 33 years this past 26. You don't want a pastor that's pushing his wife. You want a pastor that can be an example to the flock. And you don't want me to have one wife today and two more next year and, and then I'm divorced and then I'm married and then you wonder who I, who's next sitting over there and all that. How can I tell you anything? You want stability in the pulpit. So, so no. And so I don't know why, I don't know why y'all doing all that. You're slapping and pushing and then not speaking and sending messages by your children to tell your husband because you don't want to talk to him. I mean, you don't send messages putting your children in that mess. No, 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 no. Walking a whole walk around each other all week, not speaking. You write a note before you talk until you get over it. That's childish. That's immaturity. You get out the room and go sleep in another bed and all that. I'm not leaving my bed. Any unresolved issues, we're going to have them in that bed. I'm not going to nobody's couch. We bought this bed together. We're going to sleep in it together. Won't y'all say amen? amen. Putting me out of the bedroom is not going to solve the issue. Y'all getting quiet now, but it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. And then your body language. Sometimes you're not cussing and you're not hitting and you're not shoving and you're not slamming doors, but your eyes cut your spouse to pieces. You just look at them. Oh, you cut razor sharp eyes. God is our stronghold. God is our refuge. God is our strong tower. God is our deliverer. God is our healer. God is our provider. God is our everything. He gave his only begotten son to die in our place for our sins. God gave his all for us. As his children, we are obligated to give our all for him. We must remember the Lord our God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.